here. Do you want to come up as well? Join me up on the stage. Come forward, come forward, come forward. Um, really significant moments for us as a church as we just um, acknowledge and give thanks for the gifts of the body and the special callings uh, on people's lives. And um, so, so exciting tomorrow to have you join the team and tomorrow's um, awesome husband, Andrew, as well. And so excited to see God calling you in this way to become a pastoral intern on our team. Start this last week. It's going to be really involved in pastoral care, particularly in the young adults area. Um, we'll be involved there, welcoming integration, trying to help us to welcome people well and uh, to link you in if you're new tonight. We're really, really keen to see people connect in and feel at home here at Bridgie, as well as helping in our women's ministry and really excited to have you joining the team. And thanks for that openness to God's call and for you, Ty, as well. Pastor Tyrone now, it is, uh, officially. And... Um, and to Shah, have we congratulated you guys for your engagement at the night service? Well, we congratulate you again anyway. Um, it was very exciting together. Um, and really looking forward just to seeing that blessing. And so we've been praying for these guys all day. We want to pray for them again. And there will be an opportunity at the end of the service tonight just to affirm and to encourage them. Maybe you've never met these guys. You'll have a chance just to come forward at the end and um, just to let them know as the body of Christ that we are with you guys, we're for you. We're so excited and just want to let you know that as well. So why don't we gather in, lay hands on these guys. I'm going to pray again as a night congregation. You join with me in your heart. In fact, why don't we jump on our feet as we pray now. And uh, you might even just want to reach out a hand towards these guys tonight as we pray a blessing over them. Lord, we want to thank you for the calling you've given here and the gifts of the body at work. And Lord, um, we want to thank you for Tamara. Thank you for her heart to say yes to this call on her life. And we're praying um, your blessing for her and for Andrew too, Lord. We thank you for Andrew's heart and the gifts you've given him and the way they make such an awesome team together. And so, Lord, we pray for your covering, your protection over them, your Holy Spirit anointing upon them. For this journey ahead, we do pray and our hearts just are giving so much thanks and praise to you today. And Lord, for Ty and Shah, for Ty as he steps into this pastoral role, Lord, what a powerful morning it was today, so full of your presence and your nearness. And again, Lord, tonight as a congregation, we gather together and we say, Lord, would you come and just anoint Tyrone by your Holy Spirit, Lord. Give him wisdom and insight, fill him with your love, Lord. Fill him with that passion to continue that he has deep within him, Lord, to keep reaching out to others and his heart for your word and his deep desire to see many people, young people, people of all ages in County of Grace and for Shah and tie together as a couple again, Lord, just your covering, your protection. Um, just to be surrounding them, we pray for this journey ahead. Thanks for the team they make together as well, Lord. And so, Lord, we give you thanks tonight. We just want to continue to pray that you'd lead us as your people. We declare again, Lord, you're the head of this church, Lord, and that you, Lord, just reading Ephesians 1, that you have been exalted to the highest place. And part of that is explained there is for the blessing of your church, Jesus. You love your church. You're with us as your people. And so we acknowledge that tonight and give you thanks. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Can we give these guys a big, big congratulations? And now Tyrone is going to come and bring God's word. Pastor Tyrone, can you put your hands together for him as well? Then you can grab a seat where you are. Thank you very much. Um, and I want to say too... Um, yeah, it's such, it is actually such a blessing to be part of this um, church community and family. And I just thank you for everyone's um, congratulations and encouragement and support. It, it seriously means a lot, so I, I really do appreciate that. Um, as we um, look at God's Word tonight, I, I'm actually really excited um, to share this with you. We, we're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to 9, and we're looking at the NIV version. So you can grab that out on your phone, but it's also going to pop up on the screen, but for me, this has been a real um, life-changing truth in my own life, and I'm experiencing the freedom of this, um, and I know that the Word of God is not just for me, it is for every single one of us, so I'm really excited tonight uh, for how God is going to speak to us, um, and as we look at this Word, um, Paul, Paul writes this um, to the Philippians, and um, I just wanted to say, just, just to give a little bit of context, um, as Paul is writing this, he is in prison. Just to give a bit of context here, and I think it, it gives him some incredible credit as he shares some of these things to understand the place that he was at um, and where he was. Um, so we're going to read this um, starting in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near. 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if Anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Let me pray. Oh Lord, we thank you that this is your word for us tonight. And I pray, great God, that we would know this truth to a whole new level and we would fall more in love with you, great God. In your name we pray. Amen. As we look at verse 6, I just wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about this. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. I don't know about you, but if I'm in a moment of feeling a bit anxious or feeling about a bit nervous and someone says to me, Tyrone, don't be nervous, I can't say that makes me feel better all of a sudden. It's not in that moment that I think, oh, wow, that's incredible. I feel amazing right now, now that you've said that. And it's interesting because my brother and I, we had to create a bit of a truce between us because what would happen, it's a little bit different, but what would happen is if we were talking and, and one of us was getting a little bit angry, maybe the temper was rising a bit, what we would say to one another is, you need to stop getting angry right now. Or is someone a little bit angry? And it would not help. I can honestly say that it wouldn't actually bring the situation down. It would make me angrier. And it would make him a lot angrier too. So we decided the truth that you could not say that to one another in that moment because it was not helpful at all. I remember one time um, in high school, we were just about to play a big sporting game and I was very nervous at the time. And one of my best mates looked at me and he said, Tyrone, you need to just stop being nervous. And I looked at him and I said very sarcastically, amazing, I feel incredible, thank you so much. It's not how it works. It will, anyway, for my life, that's not how it works. So I want to look at this. I want to look at this tonight. What, what does this look like when Paul says this? And I want to be really honest from up here tonight. I have been someone who has struggled with thinking anxiously my whole life. But by God's grace, he is healing me. I asked him many years ago to heal me, to take away any anxious thought. But in fact, I've seen how through the grace of God over the years, through family, through friends, through mentors, through professional help, and ultimately through the love and grace of God, that he is changing my thoughts and healing me from anxious thoughts. But it's been a journey. There were many times I thought I would never do something simply because of my anxious thoughts. But I see how God has brought me closer and closer to Him through the process of showing me what it looks like to not be anxious. So I want to be really real with you tonight. And that's why I think this passage is very beautiful because though Paul leads by saying, don't be anxious, I really think he's telling us why, why we don't need to be anxious. And as we look at this tonight, I really want you to see the beauty and the love of God, to see why we can trust in God and not feel anxious, to not think anxiously. And I want to read this to you, because after Paul makes that comment, he goes on to explain why. This is what it says in verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. This is what he says. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So it sounds like Paul here is focusing on encouraging us to pray and to trust you see that pretty clearly. He says, present your request to God, prayer and petition, and then trusting God, leaving it with God and actually trusting. As I was thinking about this and um, as I um, 
have been very blessed to work here um, and be on staff for many years now. I think this is like my sixth year now. And there's amazing staff um, on this team here at Bridgie. And, and one of the people that I've been very blessed by as well is James Harwin, a.k.a. Jimmy the Jet. And I don't know, a lot of you would know James, but I'm just going to give you some context. James is our operations manager here at church, and he does very well at his job. And if I have a conversation with James, if I talk to James and I ask James to do something, I can tell you that as soon as I ask James to do something and he hears it, I don't think another thing of it. I think Jimmy has got it. It is all good. And that's honestly how I feel. I'm not exaggerating any bit. If I am on leave, and before I go on leave, I send James an email and I say, as I'm gone, is it okay if you look after A, B, and C? As soon as I hear back from James, I do not think another thing of it. Why? Because James has got it. Jimmy's going to look after it. It is all good. And I honestly think if you have experience working with James, you would think the exact same thing. And what's really interesting as well is if I'm on leave and I think about something and I think, oh, I asked James to do that, I don't start to stress about it. I think, oh, Jimmy is such a blessing. He would be doing that right now and he'd be doing it so well. And you know what the crazy thing is as well? Is if I've asked James to do something and I've given him a bit of a timeline on it, and James does it in a different timeline, do I get stressed? Not a chance. I think to myself, Jimmy's come up with a better timeline. <laughs> I think, oh man, oh, I can't wait to see how this turns out because it will be better. And I don't exaggerate. This is honestly how I think, working alongside James Harwin. And as I thought about this, and that's, that's honestly how I feel, on a weekly basis, on a daily basis. And I, and I honestly felt God say to me, do you feel the same with me? When you send your request, when you pray, when you surrender things to me, do you truly release it? Do you believe that the creator of the universe has got it covered? That if the timing or the timeline is different to what I wanted, do I think, oh, that's actually exciting because God's looking after it. And the crazy thing is, God is actually greater than James Harwin. <laughs> so if I can trust James this much, I think I can trust God this much. And that's the truth. God makes it very clear in his word that we can trust him. We can trust him for all things. So as I said there, when Paul's talking about that and he's talking about prayer and petition and about trusting and presenting our request to God, a big part of that is about prayer, about constantly being in conversation with God. And it was interesting because I've always sort of noticed this and sometimes I sort of catch myself out a little bit, but often I will go into Nace's office and check something by him. It could be the randomest thing, like I'm thinking about changing the timing of buzz or I'm thinking about doing this or I'm thinking about doing that or whatever it is. And it might be a 30-second conversation and I go to quickly leave. And every time, Nace says, oh, just quickly, come back. Let's just pray. And though I might have brought up a little, little question about Friday Night Buzz, he'll say, well, let's just pray about Buzz. Let's really commit that to God. Let's ask for God's blessing. Let's pray for the kids. Let's... And quite often it will get me off guard a little bit and I'll think, oh yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, I should talk to God about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Let's do it. Let's pray. And it was this week that, poor Nath, but I had four different separate meetings with him that I had to get his thoughts on. And every single time, Nath said, oh, Ty, before you go, let's pray. And on the fourth time, I thought to myself, man, Nath talks to God a lot. <laughs> and I realized that it's this truth that God is actually with us. And if we're constantly in conversation with God, speaking to our Father, 
we're in this place of just surrendering everything to him. And that's what I want to look at in this passage tonight. You will see that Paul talks about these two things, and and they sound very similar, but there's two separate things. He talks about the God of peace, and then he also talks about the peace of God. And when he talks about the God of peace, he is talking about the fact that God is near, God is with us. We see this in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And it's interesting because as I studied this, it was actually that Paul had to clear up a misconception. And some of the Philippians were, were, were thinking that God was actually absent from them and they were waiting until they were in heaven for them to be able to dwell with God. And he actually had to say, no, no, God is with you right now. God is close to you. God is near. You don't need to wait. God is with you. And we see this in verse 9. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. He's really clarifying for us to be enjoying the reality of who the Lord is and that he is present. He is not absent. What I think is really interesting is is Paul, if we look back at the scripture, Paul's saying rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. And then he's, he's actually teaching us what we need to be thinking about. He says, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, he goes on with this list. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. And it's interesting because we've got to remember that Paul is writing this in prison. And he's sending a letter to encourage a church at the time to thank, thank them for the gift that they had given him. And then he's encouraging them to rejoice always. And I think what's really important is in this moment, Paul Paul isn't having this false positivity, just forcing himself to be positive. He's not there sitting in prison thinking, oh, no, I'm in prison, and then thinks, oh, no, I need to be happy that I'm in prison. Oh, great, I'm in prison, free accommodation, great. I'm so happy I'm in prison, great. Oh, good, I'm stoked. He doesn't look at the floor and and this dirty mess and think to himself, no, it's not dirty. This is clean. This is very clean. I'd say they mopped it this morning. I'd say they mopped it tonight. That's not, that's not what Paul's calling us to. It's not this false positivity. That's not what it is. I believe Paul in this moment, because he is rejoicing. He's rejoicing and he says, and rejoice again. Never stop. But I believe Paul simply took his eyes off his current circumstance His current circumstance was superseded by the reality that the God of peace was with him. Rather than being in that prison cell and thinking, I'm alone right now, Paul knew the reality that God was there with him, with him in this prison cell. The God of peace was with him. And I think this is a real truth that we need to know. It's not about this false positivity. It's not thinking that like if you're driving to work and you spill your coffee all over your shirt, you don't need to look at your shirt and think, yes, I spilled my coffee. Now I can smell my coffee the whole day. I am going to spill my coffee on my shirt every single day. That's not what it is. Like that's annoying. Don't spill your coffee, drink it. But what it is, is it's actually taking our eyes off ourselves, taking our eyes off the current circumstance and and believing and knowing the truth that God is with us. And if we believe in that moment for Paul, he was able to rejoice because he knew God was with him. Well, that means that God is with us in all things. I think quite often we can think, okay, I've got this really stressful meeting or I've got this stressful, whatever it is, social setting, whatever it could be. And you think, oh no, 
okay, it's okay, God will be with me. It's okay, God will be with me. Well, the reality is God is with us all the time. He says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. God is ready to spend time with us. God is always with us. And I shared a little bit about this this morning in communion, but I want to share a little bit more context to it. Because I know for me, this has been something that I've actually felt, oh God, I need to know this to a greater level, that the God of peace is always with me. And we have opportunities to know the love of God, the peace of God, to know that God is with us constantly in whatever we're doing. One way when it was a bit of an eye-opener for me was um, very early on with uh, Shah and I. I think it was maybe our second, second little date and whatever, and it's, you know, it's a bit nerve-wracking earlier on. And, and Shah said that she was going to organise the date, and I thought, okay, great, that's exciting. And what it turned out to be was a, a painting session where we both had these blank canvases and there was paint there. And if anyone knows me too well, like I don't have many giftings, but put it this way, painting is not one of them. And as we sat there going to paint, I can honestly say that I was sweating bullets. I thought to myself, what am I going to paint? I asked her, like, is there a picture we're following? Like, what are we doing? Are we painting like each other? Like, is it a portrait? Like, what is happening? But apparently we're just going to paint whatever came to our mind. I never heard of anything like that. And anyway, it's funny because we were there and, and Shah said to me, oh, before we paint, I just want to pray to God. We should pray. And I can honestly say to you, and, and I'm not saying this is a great way of thinking, but I honestly thought to myself, well, what are we praying about? And I think Shah saw that in me and she thought, that's okay, I'll pray. I'll, that's fine, I'll just pray. And I thought, okay, great. Because I didn't know. What was I going to pray for? That I drew something amazing? I, I, I didn't know. I was quite perplexed. Anyway, Shah prayed and she prayed that it would be this time of worship as we painted and it would this be amazing time that we see the love of God. And I honestly thought to myself, I don't know how I'm going to see the love of God when I'm drawing this stick figure. Like, I don't know if that's going to be praiseworthy at all. But it was interesting because... We started painting, and, 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 and Shah said, paint whatever. So I thought, okay, great, I'll, I'll just paint the ocean. So I just got blue, and I painted the sky. I didn't know how I was going to put the ocean in there. And then I just thought, oh, well, it's just all blue. I'll just put yellow at the bottom, sand. <laughs> so that's what I did. Blue at the top, sand at the bottom. And I was done in probably 30 seconds. Anyway, Shah said, no, you can add more, add more. So I said, good. So... I got this false confidence, so I started thinking, oh, maybe I could do like the sun going down. Like I could make the sky a bit orange. So I I got the red and I sprinkled it on and I got the orange, I put the orange on there too. And you probably know where this is going. It turned into a mess. And I honestly was in this moment, I I had this peak of confidence and then it went down rapidly. And I looked at this thing and I thought, oh no. And Shah had a blank, a spare blank canvas. And I said, oh, I'm just gonna chuck this one out. Uh, like, I think I'm done. And she said, no, 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 no. She said, let me just paint over. Let me, let me just cover that up and, and you can actually, you can try again. I can't tell you how many times we had to do that, but, <laughs> but it was crazy because in that moment, and I don't say this lightly, in that moment, God said to me, Tyrone, do you actually believe, just like in this painting, do you actually, because I was shocked that you could paint over it and then kind of start again. That was perplexing for me. And God said to me, do you truly believe that the blood of Jesus has cleansed you from all unrighteousness? Do you actually believe that that has fully covered you? That there is new life on offer? And I'm in this moment of thinking, oh, wow. (laughs) Tearing up. I think Charlotte was crying about the painting, but something else was going on, obviously, at the time. And it was in that moment where God was with us as we were painting. And that was, that was a new experience for me. But it's true. Do we believe that the God of peace is with us in everything? Last little story about this, because I just want to help us see that there is no limits on God. We cannot box him into different parts of our life. The other one was oh, my cousins were living with us for an amount of time at my, um, my family's house and um, I have four younger cousins that were living there and, 
and they would always want to play games, which is, which is super exciting. We'd play cards and uh, Tiggy and hide and go seek and you name it, we played it. And there were some times where I just thought, I'll just go into my room and just chill out for a bit. And, and there was a time where um, my little cousin was sick from school and I was sick at the time, so I was staying at home as well. And, and I was a bit tired, so I went into my room and I, and I closed the door and I, was, I just sat and I just said, okay, God, I'm just going to have time with you just alone and I'm just going to pray. And then my little cousin started knocking on the door and he said, can we play cards? Can we play? Can we play? And in that moment, I thought, I said, oh, no, 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 not, not now, sorry. And he walked out of the room and then I just said to God, no, like I'm just going to sit here and pray. And I felt God say to me, you can talk to me and you can be with me while you play with your younger cousin. I can speak to you in all situations and you can speak to me wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And I honestly felt God say, go, go spend time with your cousin. And I ended up being like, okay, God, whatever this looks like. And, and we ended up, he, t- he taught me this new card game and we ended up playing for hours because I couldn't beat him. So I just wanted a game after a game after a game so I could hopefully beat him. And it was so interesting because I was sitting there and we were just spending this time together and I thought, man, I, I have such love for my cousin. Like, like this has been amazing spending time with him. And it's funny because he ended up getting a bit bored of spending time with me. So we'd play a bit of cards and then he'd go off and play with Lego and then he'd come back maybe five minutes later and we'd keep playing. And, and I thought to myself, oh, I just want to keep hanging out with him, but he's kind of distracted doing other things. And, and in that moment, it was just, oh, I was just overwhelmed. God said to me, he just gave me this picture. And he was like, firstly, this isn't even your son and you love him so much and you want to spend time with him. With him. And God just said, imagine how much I want to be with you. Imagine how much I love you. And then God just, I just, God revealed to me, just as my little cousin was being distracted and playing and doing all these other things, God said, I want to spend every moment with you, but you get so distracted doing other things. And I wasn't in that moment feeling guilty. I actually just felt so loved by God. He revealed his love to me in this whole new way. And as we look at that, it is a truth that the God of peace is with us. Let's not box him into little areas that he might be. God is with us always. And the second part that I just wanted to talk about is the peace of God. We read this in verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Now, I think we all know I'm no psychologist and no counsellor, but I think we know that our thoughts and our desires and our thinking and our actions, they, they do, they all relate to one another. They all affect one another. I think we know that our emotional and our physical and our spiritual, they relate to one another. If you're stressed about an assignment or a social gathering or something, you all of a sudden feel a bit sick in your stomach. You have a headache. You have, we see the effects of different things. And Paul is teaching us what we should be thinking about. Paul is showing us what our inner dialogue should be. There is so much that goes on in our heart and in our mind. That God knows, but if we're being honest, not many other people can see that. People can't see that. But there is a lot that goes on in our minds and in our heart. And that overflows into the things we do, how we spend our time, the things we say. And it's a lot of those things that are going on in our mind and in our heart. Paul says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. They're the things that we're to be thinking about. Quite often you you might have heard people say we need to take our thoughts captive. We need to renew our mind. And I wanted to look for where we find that in the Bible. And it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 5 to 6. We demolish arguments and every pretension that 
sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Paul is actually talking about here what him and the apostles were doing with the people in Corinth, that he had to take their thoughts captive and realign it with the Word of God and realign it with their teaching and say, is this of God? Is the way you're acting, is the way you're thinking, is the way you're speaking, does that align with who God is and the Word of God? And that is the same for every single one of us. We need to take our thoughts captive. That's why we're part of the community of believers. Take each other's thoughts captive to what we know of God, which is in the Word of God. The apostles' teaching. Paul, we, we read the letters that Paul writes. That we, we can read that now for us too. And as we realign to what God has for us, we look at Jesus' commandments. Jesus says to love God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul, and to love others. And I ask us that with what Paul says there, and if we're to take our thoughts captive and align it with, are these thoughts that I'm having loving God and loving others? To ask that question, my thinking right now, is this worshipping and focusing on God or focusing on loving others? And I want to really, really practically look at what this looks like played out. I want you to think about a situation of maybe you driving home from work. And I know this sounds very practical, but I think you can, through the the Spirit will prompt you in different areas of your life and your thinking patterns. But Think about maybe when you're driving home from work or school or whatever it is and you are imagining and fantasizing what you're going to do when you get home because you deserve it because you've had a big day. Maybe it is to get home, to get out the hummus dip, to get out the salami, sit on the couch and enjoy yourself and chill out because you have had a big day and you deserve that. But I want to say... What happens when you've been thinking about that your whole trip home, 20-minute car trip, you've just been thinking about what you're going to do when you get home, and then you get home, and your roommates have eaten up all the salami, and there's no more salami in the fridge, or people in your home are doing things, and they need your help. The kitchen needs to be cleaned. The grass needs to be watered. I don't know what it is but there's things to be done. Someone needs help. And maybe no one has organized what, they're gonna have, what you're going to have for dinner. So someone needs to then drive back out to the shops, buy some groceries and come home and cook. I wonder how you'd feel after having those amazing imaginations and fantasies of how you were going to deserve all these things when you got home. And I think we can relate for different times where we really take our mind there. I wonder how that would have been different if you had been driving home, spending time reflecting on the goodness of God, maybe reflecting on your day and thanking God for the way that you saw Him, the different things that you prayed and you saw how God answered that. And then for you then thinking, well, God calls me to love Him and to love others and and praying maybe for your family as you come home. I, I pray that... God, they they saw your love and your grace today. And I pray that as I see them, as I come home, I can encourage them in the faith. That I can encourage them and speak truth and whatever that looks like. I can serve them when I get home. I wonder how different that would look then when you come home and people do need help. And dinner does need to be cooked. And you then all of a sudden see these as opportunities. And you think, oh, great. I can actually love and serve the people around me right now. And I know this, you could think, oh, that sounds sounds ridiculous. This is what Christ is calling us to, to love him and to love others. These deep thoughts and and desires in our heart, we actually need to take it captive and be renewed by loving God and loving others. So as I invite the band back up and we have this moment of, of being honest with ourselves and our thinking, 
and where our mind often goes, it's actually a beautiful thing that we can reflect, we can meditate, we can focus on the fact that the God of peace is with us always. Like that is amazing. Paul was able to be in a prison by himself, but realized that he wasn't by himself because God was with him. So he could rejoice. He could sing praises and he could also love others. See how Paul was focusing on God and others. He was writing a letter to a church to encourage them in their faith. He was in that moment, but he wasn't thinking about himself and how hard it is. And he was aware of the reality of who God is. And that's on offer for every single one of us. And God's grace is sufficient. It's a new way of thinking. It's a new way of living. So let's submit to God every day and ask for His Spirit to work within us, to change us, to renew our mind, to give us the strength to take those thoughts captive and to live a life that is worshipping God, that's constantly praying, that's just talking to God about everything and trusting Him in everything. Let me pray. Lord, we thank You for the truth that the God of peace is with us, that the peace of God is also with us. But help us, Lord, to think of things that are praiseworthy, to love You, God, and to love others, that our whole life would be worship. This is a new way of life. But I thank you for the Holy Spirit that is within us to guide us, to teach us, to show us. And I thank you that your mercy is in you every single day. We thank you that the blood of Jesus has covered us from all unrighteousness. And I pray, Lord, that we would live in the goodness of who you are to love you and to love others. Thank you, Lord, that we are a family and we can encourage each other in this. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, Ty, for your word tonight. It's actually a very, very encouraging word and just so true, so true, just the greatness of our God and what He's able to do in our lives and the lives of others uh, as well. I was just reminded um, this past week, I just was talking with someone and uh, they were just, there's just some stuff going on in their life. And, you know, I just shared with this person, I said, you know, God has got this. Like he truly, and, and I'd been praying for this person and we just had an opportunity to catch up. But I said, God is big enough to turn this around. And I think sometimes we just need to hear that. And I just felt even tonight for some of you, maybe going through some circumstances or situations and, and God is able to intervene and God is able to help uh, in, in, in whatever you, you're going through at the moment. And so there's a couple of opportunities actually to respond tonight. I just felt um, one, one thing we want to do, uh, we want to encourage uh, Ty and Shah and Tamara and Andrew tonight as uh, they come on board. Uh, and so in this, in this song, you can come down and just uh, encourage them, just say good day. I think Nathan mentioned this earlier. Say good day, encourage them, thank them as they uh, start to serve uh, in, in, uh, in this place. Uh, so you can come down and encourage them. But I just felt uh, if you want prayer at all, we would love to pray for you as well. So um, don't miss the opportunity to be prayed for. We'd really love to pray for you. And it could be about whatever. But if you just feel prompted, hey, I just need to get some prayer. Or I need to be encouraged myself or whatever it might be. We'd really love to pray for you as well. So you feel free to do that uh, in this next song. Let's jump up on our feet and respond to our great God. He's amazing. We just want to worship Him. He's an incredible God. Let's do that now.
and your mercy and kindness that just can flood our hearts and flood our lives. And th- this, is the, this is what we need to focus and set our minds on the things of you, great God. And I'm always conscious that you can come to a service and uh, hear, God, hear your word, great God, and worship, but th- there's gotta be a transaction between us and you. And I just sense in this moment, uh, some are here are struggling and got some stuff weighing on their hearts. And I just wanna give you an opportunity uh, to talk to Him about it, to talk to the Creator of the universe about it. You can just do that in your head and in your heart now, but I just wanna give you a moment just to pray and say, God, I need you. God, I need you to to set my mind on the things of you. I need to refocus my heart and my attitude on you, great God. And so I just wanna give you just a few moments to do that, just to pray and seek Him as the band plays a little bit. with all sorts of things that the world throws at us, great God. But in you, in you, there's hope. In you, there's hope. And we need to focus in on the hope of you, great God. There's so much hope and so much life in you. And I just pray, Lord, that we'll live a life surrendered and yielded to the things of you. You came to give life and life to the full. And I believe, I believe from the bottom of my heart, you're not a liar that Your Word is truth, that You came to give life and life to the full. And as we surrender, as we yield to You, great God, there is life, there is life in You and not death. The devil comes to steal, kill and destroy, but You have come that we might have life and life to the full. And we thank You for the truth of that. We thank You for the truth of it, great God. 
And I just pray, God, that we'll, we'll seek You out. We'll seek the truth of that out in our lives. We'll read Your Word. We'll pray and we'll seek You. We need a revival of our hearts. We need to be awakened to the truth of You. We need a revival, great God, and it begins in our heart. A revival is the saturation of the presence of a holy and powerful God. And God, saturate our hearts afresh. Saturate us that we might know Your presence and Your love and Your grace and Your mercy, and that we might be filled up, filled up to then go and say there's a God and there's a Father that brings hope and love and peace and mercy. Oh God, one more time, we sing from the bottom of our heart. We love You, God. We worship You, God. You're worthy. You're worthy, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. God, just a hand of praise, just, just honouring Him. Father, all glory, all praise and honour goes to You. And I, I just think that for some, maybe we need a reorientation of our hearts this week. We need to get into Your Word. We need to be praying. There's some that have been thinking about going to a prayer meeting, a corporate prayer meeting, but haven't committed yet. This is the week that we come and pray and seek You. This is the week that, uh, you know, we, we, we just dig into Your Word and we press in Your Word. We say, God, I need You, I need You. And it's true, we desperately need You, great God. And so just stir up fire and a hunger in our hearts for You. This is what we need. We need You, great God. And so I just pray, Lord, that You just, you just burden us afresh this week, Father God, for the things of You. Uh, we love You, Lord, and I, I just believe that in You there is so much life. There is so much life in You. Help us to reorientate our lives around You, great God. We pray to press into You. We thank You. We just pray these things in Jesus' Name. Amen. I, I just want to say again, because I just, I just think prayer is so vitally important. Please don't go without being prayed for. If there's anything on your heart, we'd love to pray for you. Just feel free to come down after service, whatever you want to do. If you want to connect with us at our Connections Lounge, uh, feel free to do that as well. But God bless you. Have an awesome week. May God use you this week. Whatever you're doing, may God use you. And uh, we'll see you soon.